Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and thank you for joining us. Uh, this is episode number 17, and uh, we are part of the Punk News Podcast Network. Visit punknews.org, and you can check out all the latest and greatest with your favorite bands, music reviews, show reviews, and there's also a ton of shit talking as well, uh, and you can look look for that in the comment section over any news post. There will be conversations that are not even related to the news that gets posted in the first place, which I kind of find funny. It's usually even like the first post. Someone's just asking... Hey, did you watch the latest episode of Breaking Bad? And it's like, isn't there like a message board to do that with? But regardless, punknews.org, and we're happy to be a part of it. Um, let's get some other business out of the way first, then we'll dive in. Um, follow us on Twitter, at 100wordspodcast. And uh, more exciting than anything else, finally, finally, finally figured out what to do with the website. Go to 100wordspodcast.com. And uh, if you are a Tumblr user, you can follow us there. Um, some of you have wrote in and uh, really enjoyed what the previous podcast that I did with some friends uh, called First World Problems. What we did with that, a little segment called Quick Hits, where basically we recommended either music, movies, or food, pencils, whatever. Um, so some of you were requesting that that kind of come back. So 
that is coming back. That's actually something that uh, I've started to do. I started posting recommendations on the site, just little things that either I'm listening to or checking out or whatever the case may be. Eventually, I'll start to bring in some guest contributors from that perspective. So yes, follow the website, 100wordspodcast.com. And I also would encourage you to rate the show if you have been listening to it, because I'm not going to lie, download numbers are, are pretty great. They're actually pretty impressive. When I log in and look at them, I said, wow, that many people decided to download the Tommy Rogers podcast, which... By the way, episode number 14, most popular podcast I've ever done in my entire life. So there's a lot of people that check that out. Um, So anyways, rate the show. You can either click five stars, four stars, three stars, whatever the case may be. Uh, It just makes us look cooler in iTunes. And uh, if you don't like listening on iTunes, that website that I referenced you, I post a little flash player and people can check it out that way. And uh, they don't even have to worry about downloading stuff. They can just listen to it right there. Um, when I post this episode, I will be in Hawaii (laughs) for one of uh, my annual vacations with my family. And, uh, I'm pretty stoked. So when you are listening to this, I may or may not be flying and, or on a beach or sleeping or doing something in a tropical location. So, um, that's the beauty of time travel and travel on airplanes and all those other things. So anyways, um, I also would like to mention something else that I have been consuming recently, uh, a zine called Rump Shaker Fanzine. Uh, for those of you that are too young to remember, uh, a lot of the punk hardcore independent music community used to actually publish magazines. Um, and when I say magazines, I mean something, you know, not like your entertainment weekly or time, but, uh, similar in fashion as far as it looks like a magazine, but, uh, it's all independently published either through Kinko's or some random printing press. Um, needless to say, Rump Shaker fanzine, this is the sixth issue. Um, it, it's one of the best zines out there, plain and simple. There are not many that exist now, uh, but this newest issue, which has been, I think, 10 years in the making, <laughs> um, he has a lot of different interviews with people like Mike Judge from the band Judge, uh, Ceremony, Fucked Up, um, trying to think of what else. There's just a lot of cool stuff. And my own personal favorite thing is uh, he actually sits down with people uh, that are sort of luminaries within the scene, so to speak, uh, and their mothers. So like in this issue, he interviews Walter Schreifels from Quicksand Rival Schools and his mom. And he sits down with Dan Yemen from Lifetime, Kid Dynamite, Painted Black, and his mom. And it just provides an insight that people just aren't able to see ever because you view a person through however you're consuming their music or you've met them at a show or whatever. But, you know, our parents know us in a completely different light. And uh, it's always interesting to kind of see that. And that's kind of why I always ask questions within the podcast about, you know, these, our guests and their relation to their family, um, just because you can see so much of why a person does what they do based on their familial relations. So anyways, rumpshakerfanzine.com. Um, I think that's the website. If not, I apologize, but you can Google it. Um, and you'll be able to find it. I think it's like 10 bucks. I ordered it immediately and it was an amazing $10. It's super thick too. I think like 160 some odd pages. So check it out, enjoy it. And, uh, let me know what you think of it. 
Anyways, my guest this week is uh, Chris Hansen, the owner, CEO, slash badass of No Sleep Records. Uh, I've known Chris for a long time, and full disclosure, I actually help Chris, Chris professionally um, with some financial stuff, but this is not a cheap plug for his record label. Um, like I said, I've known Chris for quite some time. Uh, he'll take you through his uh, career moves uh, when we talk about the interview, or when I talk to him in the interview. Um, but he's just, uh, he's definitely one of my closer friends now. And, uh, I was really excited to sit down and like have this open and honest conversation. I'm not going to lie. This is definitely the most in depth I've gotten with a guest as far as their own trials and tribulations and kind of how they've grown as a person, just because I've known Chris for so long. So it was easier for me to make my own observations and kind of be able to have him open up about those observations. Um, so yeah, but No Sleep Records is a, an amazing independent record label. Uh, they actually provide the music for our intro, uh, that band Balance and Composure, the music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of the podcast, that is that band. Um, and they also put out records from The Wonder Years and La Dispute and Aficionado and yeah, nosleeprecords.com and you can find out all the information you possibly can. Um, but it's really hard to have an independent record label these days because clearly the music industry has changed a lot. Um, and so the fact that he's been able to make this successful over the past, especially over the past two to three years is, uh, you know, kind of flaunting in the face of how other record labels are shrinking and downsizing and he just kind of continues to grow. So anyways, open and honest conversation. I was really excited to do this and, uh, I went over to his apartment and, uh, we started talking about, uh, all of this fun stuff. So here it is. Hope you enjoy I, I'm not gonna lie. I was. I'm very. I've been thinking about obviously doing this for a while with you because obviously I see you quite often. But I was excited to do this because I think that. Um, I mean, not only do you have a lot of different experiences within the music industry that obviously you can share to people, but um, you're you don't fit a certain mold within independent music as far as like you know whether it's like your own beliefs um but yeah you just you're, you're not you're not the typical dude and um yeah i mean in 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 a good way in my opinion so that's why i was always excited to be like chris will be perfect for this well uh at least a lp of this recording <laughs> yeah this could this could be the uh the chris hansen spoken word yeah. quadruple 12 yeah. inch this is this will be like a four-hour interview yeah no worries for me <laughs> we'll have uh Let's do some remixes of everything. That makes sense to me. And we're, we're basically going to make a can uh, LP. Okay. Then we can do some dubstep remixes. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. But you were uh, you were born and raised essentially in Southern California, right? Yeah. I was born in Fountain Valley. Okay. And then grew up in Lincoln. Yeah. So did your, uh, did your parents, like you lived in Fountain Valley? Or just, that's where they had Yeah, happened? I was just born at the... Valley General Hospital, or whatever, mm -hmm. off of uh, Warner. Do they have a plaque above the room where you were born? Oh, of course. Right, you bought that for them. Yeah, and I, I bought it for them. Like, hey, you don't know who I am. Yeah, here's a plaque. Little do you know. I don't know which room I was born in, but <laughs> just put it above one room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice plaque. Right. Better than the PETA one. <laughs> um, 
exist. 9-11 doesn't exist. Um, I knew it. So you were, so yeah, you born in Fountain Valley, but then your parents lived in Huntington, so that's yeah. essentially, like, you, yeah. you view your formative years as growing up in Huntington. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was born in Fountain Valley, we lived in Huntington. Yeah. Grew up on Normandy Lane. Normandy Lane? Normandy Lane. Okay. Over by St. Bonaventure. So then what would your porn name be? You have to do your... My mid- porn name? Yeah, your middle name and the street you were born on. William Normandy. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I always love my, mine is Edward Giverny. Edward Giverny. That, but that's where I lived most of my life. Yeah. Like in, and that's it's like a French porn William star. Normandy. That's pretty good. I think that there's probably a porn star that already exists with that name. Well, he's gonna die. <laughs> so that's my name. Um, William Normandy. And so, what do, what did your uh, what did your parents do like job wise? Uh, my mom. She well, she worked. I mean, not like not not like when you were born, but just like you know yeah. your your memories as you were kind of you know. Uh, my up. dad, like he, office well, not office manager, like accountant slash manager slash whatever of like, uh, savings loan, and then when that went out, and then he okay, he was he was a working professional. Yeah, he's working professional. Got it. He's a working professional. My mom was office manager. Sure, sure. Somewhat accounting as well. Yeah, yeah. And how long had they? Because you you are an only child. Yeah. How long were they married before they had you? Uh, I know it's tough to remember. Like, yeah, it's here. Like they they wanted to have kids. You weren't like, yeah, oh, here's they, here's a surprise. Well, they uh, found each other in life, sure, as well. So they were like, they're fairly older, right? Already, like, like as a kid, my dad fueled by his my grandpa stuff. So, uh huh. I want to say they're married probably like five years, maybe. Sure, but the obviously since they were actually maybe ten, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, since like like you said, since they, I didn't know that they found each other later in life. Mm -hmm. Like, had they previously been married before? No. Okay. Neither had been married. And so, well, that's that's pretty romantic that they would. My dad uh, was a little bit of a ladies' man. Oh yeah, for a while he didn't uh, didn't didn't peg himself down to anybody. No. One of my uh, favorite stories my mom would always tell me. Uh My dad said too, but my mom mentioned it recently. after they got married, uh, they were at like his place. That's where they lived. And then some like girl called on the phone, like asking for him. Like, Mom's like, "No, this is his wife." Yada, yada. <laughs> kind of step, step off, bitch. <laughs> That's funny. But you know, like you're. I mean, you never experienced. Your dad would just tell you stories about that. Like there wouldn't be too much like real life experience where you were just like, "Oh wow!" Like. My dad was kind of a player. Yeah, no, I mean, he wasn't, like, really, but <laughs> yeah. just, like, he had a lot of girlfriends. Sure, sure. Like, I remember my mom told me something about it. He had, like, one time he had, like, I think it was three girlfriends. <laughs> just was, juggling. Yeah, just juggling. I find, like, the ladies. <laughs> we, we, have some, we have a lot of similar experiences because my dad, my dad was totally the same way. Like, yeah. he would, uh, such a distinct memory, but I think I was, like, maybe 10 or 11, and he would, because uh, my parents were divorced, it was, like, four, and so I would always go back to Las Vegas where he lived. And so I'd, I'd stay with him for like two or three weeks, but he would take me on dates and it was like, thinking about it now, it's like, dude, that is so fucked up. He would take me on like an afternoon date. We'd go like mini golfing with some woman and then we'd go to dinner with a different woman. So he was totally using you as like, look at this cute kid. 100%. I was just like this, like, oh, if you're okay with my kid, then like, you know, maybe I can sleep with you later on. Like it was just, and then I would confuse the women's names like he my dad would be prepping me in the car he'd be like we're going that was jane but 
Totally. And then, like, but it, in the evening, we're going out with Jackie. So he'd, like, prep me. And I was just, like, like yeah, it's, like, thinking back on it, like, what the fuck was he doing? Like, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. But, so, yeah, your dad wasn't as bad as that. Oh, like, I'd obviously, yeah. like, they were married, so there was no. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, eventually, yeah. They eventually found each other later in life. And got it. Got it. Did that. Would, magic from there on. Would it. Because your father was older and people noticed that, like, did that, were you, like, defensive about that? Were you just, like, like yeah, I mean, yeah. it was definitely, like, I mean, being a kid, you're, like. That's true, you're defensive about everything. Fuck you, yeah. blah, blah, you're defensive about everything, and you're, like, yeah. So it was definitely a sore subject at yeah. times, because it was, it was also kind of, like, weird, because everyone, like, had your parents and all that, so it was, like, mm-hmm. people, like. I was asked if, like, my grandparents stuff. I'm like, no, it's my parents. So it was it definitely got annoying. Right. And that was probably, like, in elementary school, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah when you were. Yeah, because eventually kids, they're still stupid. Right. But they're less stupid. Right, right. <laughs> but they're always stupid. <laughs> it's very true. Um, and, stupid. and so, uh, but your, uh, your home life was essentially, like, pretty stable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was, it was a happy marriage and yeah. everything was, was working yeah. out well with that. Good marriage. Everything's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Grew up in Huntington. Right. Had a dog. Had basically like a farm. Had a farm? We had like, like my dad loved animals. Uh-huh. Like we had, uh, we had an Avery in the backyard full of birds. We had like a room in the house that was just full of birds. Really? We had, we had a toucan. Holy shit. I had no idea. We had like one of the huge parrots that can like bite a broomstick in half. Right, right. And I was just like a little kid. And we had, <laughs> we had like a pen with like rabbits in the back. And Interesting. And this was just like. And we this- had like my dog grew up with Tara, which is like a, uh, like a lassie kind of dog. Uh-huh, sure. So, the, and it was, this was just because your dad was so down for animals. Yeah, you just love animals. We also had, I remember, like, I don't really remember it, but right. younger, younger, we had a, a chicken. Wow. Uh, I guess we had a rooster, too, when people were complaining. Right. In the morning, so. <laughs> people were like, sure. hey, so four in the morning rolls around, <laughs> this thing's yelling at us. I guess, I guess people hunting some beach, you know, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, that's not typically what you'd find in, like, a suburban home. Yeah. It was literally just, like, a normal house in Huntington, backyard with so many animals. Yeah, interesting. So, do you think that kind of, obviously, got you started off on the right foot as far as, like, having yeah. having an awareness for animals in general and kind of informed yeah. your philosophically in the future? Yeah, I'm sure, like, growing up around a lot of animals and, like, my dad, I mean... He loved going to zoos and everything too. Mm-hmm. More like like uh, wild animal park and stuff. Sure, sure. Like open conservatories, right? Yeah, right, so right. we like go to those a lot as a kid too. So it was like grew up around like all kinds of animals. So it's, I think that helped with my love for animals. Sure, sure. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here. It's like June, and you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I got to like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment. Focus on the things that obviously, for one, matter to you, but for two, look back. Be like, what have I done well? What have I done not so well? And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help. But where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better, therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally. And I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking 
of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Yeah, it's it's always cool to when you can trace that back to the values actually placed like by the parents. Where it's like yeah. sometimes it's like you know kid just finds it on his own or whatever. But it's nice to be able to be like, oh, this is like a generational thing. Yeah, not like your dad was you know raw vegan or anything like that. But <laughs> I mean, my, my dad definitely wasn't <laughs> vegan or straight edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but he loved animals all the same. Sure. Yeah, but that's but still like eating meat as well. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that's that's part and parcel for that generation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so then, uh, so yeah, as you started to, I mean, uh, you know, talking about your dad. I mean, we've obviously both experienced the same loss as our father passing away. I mean, yours was much earlier than yeah. mine. Um, so how how old were you when? Uh, sixteen. Okay. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah, and my my dad passed away when he when I was twenty, like twenty seven. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was senior in high school. Okay. And so, oh, so I, for some reason, I thought that you passed away earlier in your life. But so you had already kind of, you know, really started to experience, like, high school and your... Yeah, your... yeah I mean, I was, I was a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. um, what what school did you go to? Uh, Marina. You went to Marina. Vikings. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> and so what was your uh, what was your high school experience? Like, did you... Uh, sucked. Hated it? Yeah the, yeah, the sort of typical... Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a lot shorter and fat, and people make fun of me all the time. I yeah. ditched my senior prom, yada yada. So like, you know, <laughs> Wait, you, 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 you said you ditched your senior no, prom? No, I got ditched. Really? Yeah. So, you, like, you went there? I went there with someone, and, and then... She ditched me. Really? Yeah. Well, fuck her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What's her first Wait. name? We don't need to out her last name. Janelle. Fuck you, Janelle. I don't her last name. It's okay. Yeah. But she ditched me, and then being the gullible, stupid, like, fat kid I was, I was like, 
she found me afterwards. Oh, I was looking for you all night, and I'm like, no, you weren't. But then I still just drove her home. Right. But you're like, her. okay. Well, you're just a nice guy. You're not a sucker. But she got hers, so she, <laughs> she did. Okay. Like five years later, my old friend Nick told me that she saw me at a grocery store, and I didn't recognize her. I just walked past her. And Burn. She got, like, super big. She has, like, five kids or something. This sure. was, like, six years ago now. Sure, sure, like, sure. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> living living well is the best revenge, they say. Exactly. Um, so, throughout, like... At, Throughout high school, you know, what, when did you start to kind of discover like independent music and then how did, um, you know, like how did your high school experience kind of like form around that? Um, like, did you, did you get into music at all? In high yeah, school? yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was definitely like, it, I was later coming into things just because like, like I had friends, but I was definitely a loner for the most part. Like, uh-huh. like at school I had groups, people I like go between or whatever, but I didn't really like. Right. What what groups were you going between? Like, were you going between like the the nerd All comic book kids and nerds, skateboarders? Okay, sometimes some popular people, and then like sure metal kids. Okay, punk kids. I mean, I was like, I was you were a friendly. floater. I, I I was I was definitely a floater. Okay, but like the people I like I grew up with, hang out were more like metalheads, yada yada. Mm-hmm. Which as a kid I hated metal for some reason. Yeah, I mean I still hate like Metallica and shit metal like that that they <laughs> all liked sure sure that's but, just never never something you were exposed to that yeah. you enjoyed but so i was definitely like later coming around to it like like my my first cassette was aria monster okay my first cd was mark and mark and the funky bunch that's pretty good yeah those are those are both early 90s and then my like childhood shirt i would always wear was a depeche mode shirt that i got as a hand-me-down from my cousin oh nice it's so, like and I was like, ooh, I wonder who this is. So I listened to it, and I listened to Fashion Mode a lot. I, you know. Yeah. Where'd you, I was, listened to, like, Was music of... music important to your parents at all? Like, did they kind of... Yeah, like, okay. my parents always listened to music. Like, I grew up listening to a lot of, like, oldies. My dad, like, loved, like, Hairs and oh, okay. all that. So I grew up listening to a lot of oldies, and then my mom loved Elvis and, like, country and... Got it. I can't stand most country. Right. It's hot country. Sure. T-Swift. <laughs> but, uh... So, I mean, I grew up, like, around good music, at least. It was just, like, I didn't find out about, like, a lot of bands or, like, like independent music. Or, yeah. Right, right. What was, your, what was your gateway into that? Like, was it was it a friend that started to go to shows and it was kind of like, oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, like, I, in, it was either my, like, junior or senior of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, like, knew, like, independent music, but it was, like, the bands that I, like, broke, kind of. Like, Green Day and Rancid yeah, I mean, and that like, type of I stuff. Mean, I mean, like, I grew up listening to, like, Green Day, Blink, like, I mean, I was in, like, elementary school, like, sure. all of those things, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, there was, like, punk, whatever stuff I was listening to, but it wasn't, like, the indie side of it. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, also, like, in the 90s, internet isn't how it was or anything, so it's, like, unless you, like, had a lot of friends and you were, yeah. like, going to shows you didn't know of any bands really totally like as that, much you know pe- people's usually entry points are usually like an older sibling or like a classmate yeah. that is able yeah to and play. i was i was only child mm-hmm. i like hung out as a kid playing with action figures and yeah, yeah comics and eating way too much food right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with any of those I know. especially when you're a kid exactly <laughs> um so i mean it was definitely like i think i forget what year in high school but i started hanging out with like a few people that were like they're in a band, yada yada. So it was like, 
I gradually got more and more like mm-hmm. it was probably not my senior. It's probably more like my sophomore and junior year now. I think about uh-huh. it like and gradually more and more. But I think my 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 first show was uh, uh, Under in Law. Oh, that's a good one with <laughs> uh, Mest oh, and nice. Sugar Colt. <laughs> It's good. Was that like House of Blues or something like that? Yeah, House of Blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that was like my first show because they, the people I was like hanging out with at the time, they like, they're obsessed with Under in Law. Uh huh. So, like, obsessed. Right. So you're like, yeah, I'll go with you guys. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was like my first show. Got it. Um, what? And so you, you said that your friends in high school were playing in a band. And so, like, were they were they playing like Chain Reaction and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, okay. like, they were playing Chain, like Cody Barmichael's, like that. So I mean, I went to like sure. a lot of those places. I knew of like, Throughout high school, and you like local bands, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're like, I mean, I knew like of music, and independent right, music, right, right. Wasn't like into it, right. Much well, what, what, what were you primarily into? I mean, I, I'm presuming it wasn't you weren't playing sports in high school. No. <laughs> like, I so what were uh, you know, like were were you by all definitions of the term, would you be, call yourself like an indoor kid? Were you like, yeah, yeah I like to homebody, like play video games, loner, geek, whatever. I play video games, like. Play toys still, probably. Well, not in high school, obviously. That's <laughs> well, okay. No judgment. Well, not like my that. action figures. <laughs> right. They'd but, be on display. Yeah. Like an adult display. does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like I'm doing again now that I have room. Right. But, you know, I would like play video games, mm. uh, watch movies, watch TV. Sure, be sure. A complete loner. Yeah. But occasionally hang out with people. Sure, sure. Okay. I see. So then towards Drink your. Coffee. Drink coffee. All, like, what, what was your first experience with coffee? 13 years old is when I. Started going to Starbucks. Really? Yeah. And you just immediately dove into coffee. I dove into coffee. That's insane. Grew up with coffee. Wow. Okay. Imagine how tall I'd be if I. You'd six be three. So. No, you would be like at least six seven. I should never gotten coffee. Yeah, just keep, well. Talk to me. I'd really like to do. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's a study out there as to what age is caffeine allowed, where it's like it's not stunning your growth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But that would be interesting to see if you didn't drink coffee, how tall you'd be. I know. But it wouldn't matter because you wouldn't play sports, so it's not like it would be advantageous. I would just hit my head on a lot. <laughs> you'd have low clearance on a lot of stuff. Um, and so then, uh, so yeah, like you, going back to your father passing away, your senior year, um, what did he pass away from? A heart attack. Okay. I grew up like he, he had a lot of like heart attacks throughout like I guess the first one I think was in like early nineties when I was a kid he had a heart attack. So yeah, like bypass surgery. Yeah, or like uh, uh, in front of me and my mom he had a I forget which surgery it was but it was uh-huh. he was he was dead for a little bit like on the hospital and everything but then he got through that and then he had a couple more like heart attacks and he uh, had a blood clot in his brain at one point. Uh huh. He like we were like driving home. From somewhere, and then all of a sudden, my dad just like started like dozing off as he was driving. Right. And so then, like, I mean, I was like a kid, so I couldn't like drive or anything. Right. So, right. Like, pull over. I call my mom. I was like, something's wrong. Blah blah. blah. And then, some of my mom worked with, but so uh, came with my mom to like drive the car. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we got like with my mom, and then went to the hospital. They at first didn't find anything. Then they eventually found like a blood clot in his brain. Yeah. Um, and then he got through that. Uh huh. But and then uh, in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he at work like he would go to work early and then leave early mm-hmm. and he would like take naps before he left because he would like go to work at like 4am or something sure so he would take a nap before he like drove home in traffic and stuff uh-huh. or light traffic right and then he just like passed away like in his sleep while he was taking a nap so like at work yeah oh okay like the 
the shared like secretary for the mm-hmm. office like it's like oh it's off quiet and she went in and found him yeah 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 and then yeah there's bad hearts in the family right he died died of it my grandpa did my uncle almost did uh-huh so, so yeah um, this this already yeah i mean it, it's it's in the family so it wasn't like it wasn't shock well obviously it wasn't shocking because your father had experienced it yeah so yeah, many I mean, times so before like, i was 16 when he passed but then i like started experiencing like it happening though, like as definitely a lot younger because I mean it was like in the early nineties when he first had his first yeah. attack. I'm sure that I mean like did that scare the absolute shit oh, yeah, out of like, you when I mean, it first it, happened? It happened in front of like me and my mom. Like he was standing and he had a heart attack and he fell. Yeah. And he clobbered his head on the wall, like made a hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Made a hole in the wall for like a while. So it was like, but yeah. So I mean that was like, I was just, like sitting outside and crying like on the curb, like asking my dad like when we went in at him. Right, 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 right. Um, that's yeah. insane yeah yeah so you like yeah you experienced that trauma and i'm sure it was one of those things where it was like did it become because it happened so often like did it become normal in a way where you were just i mean it was always i'm sure I mean, traumatizing but yes and no i mean i kind of got like immune to it somewhat but uh-huh. not really like i mean all, all of that like fucked me up on many levels for sure mm-hmm. but um it definitely never became normal like i Right, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, okay, cool, stuff. yeah, cool, gotta go to the hospital yeah, again. It was, yeah, it was always, like, torture. <laughs> of course, like, of course. I mean, it was probably, like, helped a little, like, each time. Or, like, right. Or, started having earlier. Or, it, it, maybe maybe not so much, like, helped, but it was from the standpoint where it's, like, you at least knew how to react. Yeah. Like, you knew what I mean. to do. Right, right, right. It definitely helped with, like, just understanding, like, not, like completely like freaking out and then it helped, yeah i mean it helped me doing deal with that younger when, when, when my mom was in the hospital right well when she had like they thought it was a seizure but then it ended, I forget, or they thought it was a stroke then between seizures mm-hmm. or something right so it helped me like know how to be, deal with especially that. since i mean it was like just me mm-hmm. I mean, there's people my mom's old work that came in and stuff you know like right um so it helped me with like dealing with that like sure but i mean nothing can teach you for like no be in the hospital while your only parent is like in the hospital bed, like totally. Yeah, it's brutal. not really completely coherent and all that stuff. So mm-hmm, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's obviously why. You know, I mean, from what I've observed in your life, that's obviously like why family is like so important to you, and like yeah. the people that you care about. It's like you know you want to keep them close and do what you yeah. can to potentially help them. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, <clears throat> as as all that stuff was, was happening to you and, you know, like, did you, uh, you know, did you find solace in anything as you were kind of going through that, you know, tremendous loss, like your senior year, like, did you find yourself diving into certain things? Yeah, I mean, it definitely got me to, that was probably like what helped me get into mm-hmm. music and various things more just because it was like something you were able to, to pour yourself. Now. Sure. Sure. Like I, like I, after my dad died, I took like a couple months off school just because it was like, yeah. I didn't want to deal with, like, people asking, like, are you okay, all that shit. Sure, like, sure. Just too much. And plus, also, I was, like, traumatized from it. Of course. Sure. Right, right. But uh, I think that I definitely just started to try to get into something that I enjoyed. Right, like, pour yourself into it. Sure. Trying to, like, block away it all, you know, mm-hmm. as bad as that is. But, yeah, well, you, you have to learn how to cope with something like that and it's like it's not it's not easy when you're that young and yeah. you don't you know you're still you're still finding your identity yourself and then to have that and it's just like oh okay uh what am i supposed to do here but yeah. um 
so then, yeah, like as, as you started to kind of dive more into it, like, you know, did you, I presume that you didn't like school from like a school perspective as well. Like your grades right. were, were amazing. I'm sure. That was horrible. A pluses. I graduated on technicality. <laughs> really? Oh, I think you told me about that before. Yeah, what was stupid that? Stupid singles living teacher. Like, like. Singles, is that like home ec? Yeah, it's basically home ec. <laughs> I've never even heard of singles, singles living. living. Learn how to sew, cook, <laughs> That's how amazing. to manage your bills. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Like, I wasn't good in the class, but it was, like, so I took three months off because my dad died. Sure. All the teachers, like, said, don't worry about the stuff you missed. They'll be fine. Right. Like, like they, I'm sure they would send, grade. I'm sure they would send, like, homework home or something for you yeah, to kind of, like, keep up. Yeah, and like, any of the tests I missed, whatever, they're like, don't worry about them. Right. So they, like, held me aware with that. But then, my singles living teacher, she decided to be a bitch and decided to fail me. Okay. And because I was failing or going to fail that class, I you weren't getting wasn't enough credits. Graduate. Sure, but she didn't send home a possible failure notice. So fuck that bitch! I graduated. <laughs> but See, then, but then I ended up getting cussed out by my English teacher, okay. Mr. Dodd, because he heard about it, like like graduated on a technicality. Yeah, and so yeah. like when he was like signing my paper, like being like free did not like do the last like classes or whatever you know. Right. That uh, he cussed me out. Got it. But. Yeah, I, I wasn't a very good student. Like, right. I mean, I'm not stupid. I just you didn't care. Didn't really care, and right. also like, I'm not like very good at excuse me handling like homework and all that. Like, I was definitely not very. You weren't driven from that perspective. Yeah, I, I wasn't driven. Like, and did like, you did you have like I, I presume because of that you had no like burning ambitions to be like God? I, I can't wait to graduate college. Yeah, I can't I mean, wait to go. It was like. I knew I wasn't gonna be able to get into good school, and so I was like, I'll, "I'll take my placement test." Yeah, like my like I was I was really good at math. I never did did the homework, but I did do it on the test. Like I, sure. I knew math. Right now, I don't know shit, but <laughs> like I was in like pre-calc or trig or whatever, uh-huh. um, whichever one was better. Sure. And then like I could take another one, but I took a break. But I just didn't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I took placement tests. And I'm horrible at like tests like that, where it's like you have to you're, read you're probably you're and, probably horrible at the anxiety for a test as well. Yeah, I'm sure, the anxiety and like all that stuff. So yeah, like, yeah. I got put in like math one or some like super super simple. Mm-hmm. So like I went to Golden West for like a week, and I was like, all right, this is all way too easy because because I was like how it was for all the classes. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting English good in like a lot of the classes, but right? Like, I just like didn't. You were able to get get by without putting that much effort into yeah. it. Right. Like I was getting C's, whatever. Yeah. Which was fine with you. Doing, right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really care. Yeah. Like I want to just get out and then go home. Sure. Watch cartoons. Right. Right. Read comics. <laughs> sure. Sure. Whatever. So like, I, uh, you know, you, we were just talking, we were just talking about you, like your, your desires right. and to go. So I was like, when I was at school, I was like, all right, this is all way too easy. I'll just do homework and yeah, yeah. Days do. Sure. And then you knock it over. Right. But then it led to like a week later, like, yeah, fuck this. I'm just not going to do this. Right, right. So what was your, uh, what was your first job? Like, did, did you? Um, well, technically my first job, I worked at going with Swap Meet. Oh, okay. Guitars. I was, cause I was taking guitar lessons. And this guy, Eddie, I had a shop like by my mom's old work. Okay. And uh, him and his now, ex-wife did, like, a swap meet booth selling guitars and, like, old mm-hmm. Disney movies and, like, random shit, you know, like that. <laughs> so, I, like, so I started working there, like, at, like, 12 or 13, I think. Oh, okay. That. And then, then I also, like, on summers, I would, like, help in my dad's work. Oh, okay. Work. So, my dad eventually worked at, like, 
to manufacturing company. He was like one of the bosses, and he was able to get you some like, summer work, like, various, like data entry, and yeah, stuff like data that. entry. It's like I'm a kid; they don't care. Yeah, like, of course. I can do that. Yeah, anybody can do that, and I like make money doing that. So I got it. I grew up like working, mm-hmm. also. So that's another thing I did with my time. I work. Right, right. Like, since I was young, I've always wanted to work for the most part. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, do something with myself, otherwise, otherwise I'll just sit there and hate my life. Right. <laughs> so, I, like, grew up doing that, and then... So, uh, yeah, as you were kind of transitioning out of high school and into, you know, when you were supposed to go to college, and yeah. you knew quickly that that wasn't something you were interested yeah, in. Yeah, I, I, like, I worked at hunting surf and sport, never surfed once in my life, so I sure. <laughs> worked there for a little bit, and then I just, like, stopped going. Like, I did with all my jobs, so I had so much anxiety, you'd be like, oh, I'm quitting, I would just, like, stop Oh, going. so you would just straight up stop. Yeah, I would, I would stop going, but then, like... <laughs> You're like, I don't need this for a reference. <laughs> yeah, and then I I got called, like, two months later, I'm, uh-huh. like, one of the employees, and they're like, hey, can you cover my shit? And I don't work there anymore, and, like, I guess they were still scheduling me, <laughs> like, months after, which is weird. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. It's like, that. that's a total glitch in the paperwork as well. Yeah. They're literally like scheduling me for like weeks after, or months after, because it was it was it was literally like a couple months after when like uh, I forget his name, but like one of them called asked my cover shit. Sure, like, sure. I don't work there anymore. <laughs> like you're still on schedule. Like I I haven't worked there come yeah. in, in like months. I quit in my own mind. Did you guys yeah. not get that? Yeah, that's I mean that, that's what I did all my jobs. Like okay, uh, it's just what I did. Right. When I was a kid. <laughs> and so when do you? Because I mean I first met you when you worked at Revelation. Yeah, like that was your. Yeah, like, I, like, I worked at there, I worked at Long Drugs, I worked at a place I won't say, <laughs> and then worked, but, uh, and then up until my dad died, we had, like, a swap meet booth, too, like, we were, oh, okay. me and my dad was also a swap meet, too, and then, uh, then I, after, after HSS, then I worked at, was that, was like, that in high school that you, were, or, like, see, or, that was, that was, like, I graduated. Okay. I was, I was, I was working over the summer. It was like a seasonal job. I was got outside like the sale and then I got mm-hmm. hired. I was working inside and then like, I was like, I don't want to do this. And I started interning at Fearless. Okay. And then that was when like Fearless and Smartphone for the same company. So yeah. I started working Smartphone. Then I worked there for two years and then moved around a bunch as Nomad. Uh-huh. Moved to Salt Lake City because someone from Smartphone was moving there. So I was like, oh, I'll go with. I there for six months, moved back to California. Okay. Worked at Revelation since I knew them from Smart Punk days. Got it. Worked at Revelation for like six months. Then I moved to Kansas City for six months. Literally, it was like both years. It was, I lived Salt Lake City, July to November, mm-hmm. or June to November, and then Kansas City, June to November the next year. That's funny. And then the next year, in June, I moved to Jersey to work at Trustfield's art director, and then, Yeah. Yeah, and so like it went two years. when you first started to, yeah, like obviously like enter the workforce and starting to like become more accustomed to like, because I mean, essentially your first independent music job was like Smart Punk and Fearless. Yeah. So like, well, you got the experience at Fearless. Yeah. And then that kind of transitioned. Yeah, because like uh, throughout high school, like Fearless and uh fearless fat mm-hmm. and stuff like that like I guess I lied before I got into music earlier now I think about it because <laughs> before high school uh-huh. like my favorite bands were like Big Wig Temple Pole Fruit and Fall so oh, I was yeah, yeah. into like that side of the punk okay um, and how, how did you discover it because like that, those are random bands to like yeah, get into initially like, yeah, literally my favorite bands were like Big Wig, Three Fall, Temple Pole, Lagwagon, yada yada. Was it just like a sampler you got? No, or something? Um, it was like samplers, but also my 
my childhood friend Russell. Okay. He was like those were like his favorite bands and he showed Got me. Got it. Okay. So like those were my those, like, that favorite band. Sure, sure. So I was ah oh, fearless, big wig. Yes. Got know, it. Got it. Thirst of Fall. Yeah, yeah. It's like because that was like the fearless I knew. Mm-hmm. And then like. Um, so you're, that's why you're excited to be like, yeah, yeah so I want to, I want to intern. Yeah, I want to know like, more. I like implied intern there, and then he brought me on, and then I was intern there, and then they liked me, and I was a good worker. So they mm-hmm. like me, someone else for smartphones. So that's when like smartphone was like first starting. Mm-hmm. So was, there was one guy there that ended up like there was one guy, and this guy Sean, another guy ended up like I don't know if he quit or got fired. So then it was just me and Sean. Uh-huh. It was like the early days of smartphone. Sure, we did everything, and then. Uh, worked there for like two years yeah and so getting your taste with like kind of how that because i mean there's a lot of people that have an idea of like how the music industry works yeah, like that <laughs> since especially since that was the days when it was like fearless and smart punk it's like mm-hmm. it was shared warehouse shared right. offices and everything so it's like there was like stuff i would learn from the label side and then also like from smart punk i made a lot of connections like built labels and like sure. friends this day and everything which like every job i've had is because i work smart punk because like, mm-hmm. I was as smart as I was a buyer and various other things so like I dealt with labels and sure. distribution people and all that stuff so like that helped with like all the future connections yeah yeah, yeah. and so like the because yeah like I said people have a certain perception of how independent music like how a job at a label works or yeah. whatever um was your perception of that like you know when you first started to work there an intern was this like holy shit, like, this is how this works? Or is it like, oh, this is kind of what I expected? Or I honestly had, like, no idea what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like uh, when I was interning, I was literally, like, taking apart CDs, drilling holes. Sure, in promos. like, yeah. taking apart, like, broken CDs, put them into new ones, mm-hmm. the days of jewel cases, you know, there was, like... Sure. Yeah. It was really annoying. Mm-hmm. Shrink wrapping and... Yeah. Cleaning and then finding old at the driving vinyl, sitting there and being, like, stoked. <laughs> And so, so then, yeah, as you started to transition into smart punk and obviously work there, um, the, you know, like, was that, because it was so small, was that really enjoyable for you to kind of like do, I mean, you obviously couldn't do whatever you wanted. Yeah, it was cool. Cause it was like, I mean, in, in ways I could, like, I mean, at first I was just doing orders, yada, yada, but then uh-huh. like I started doing buying and various other things. It was like, I could bring in like whatever I wanted for the most part. I mean, there's like right. stuff I had to bring in, but it was like. Because that's, that's definitely, because I started having my path into, like, throughout high school to more and more, but then, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, working there, it was, like, I finally, I, that was the start of me more so. Sure. Just because it was, like, I got to be in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, like, found out about so much more, like, bands and music and stuff. Like, sure. That, that's when, like, the layers started to peel away where you were just like, oh, like, I feel, yeah, I feel I mean, home in a way. Yeah, like, opened it more to me. Because it was, like, throughout high school, I got more, like, all kinds of stuff. You know, I got, like, Opeth, Jimmy World, and various, like, other bands. And obviously, like, obviously throughout that, also, like, the Orange County hardcore bands mm-hmm. like that, like, sure. some I used to hate, then I loved, then I hated again. <laughs> sure. All that, you know. I mean, it was definitely, like, High school gradually started games more, and then working there. That was like once, that, was like once you did that, it was like it's over. Like this yeah, is all like, of what I care about. Yeah, right? so it was like every time we get new new shipments in, we box of like new promos that they're working on. So uh, yeah, I, mean, I, had, I had so many CDs. It was like I mean, I'd go to Bionic. Yeah, and well, throughout high school, I'd go to Bionic and buy like 
go to the new section and buy like 50 CDs at a time. Right, right, right. So that's like what I did for times. I had no friends. Sure. I'd go to Bionic and buy CDs throughout high school. And sure. And just delve into stuff. One. Just diving into CDs. I was like, oh, this this looks cool. I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust that logic anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, like in the '90s, early 2000s, it was a lot safer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like, well, you felt like you quality. Sure, you felt like especially you could, with like labels and precisely, like, you could trust labels. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this is this came out on Victory Records. This probably has to be good because yeah. they released. That was the stuff. day when like all yeah. those labels still had like their integrity and liked put out music that they actually liked. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. All right, right, right. Independent music in and of itself wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the proverbial quote unquote cash cow that yeah. it could have turned into where people entered the independent music culture to make money as opposed to the way that it was where yeah. it's just like oh I'm, I'm here because i love this yeah this is all i know this is all i want to do and so with all that uh with all that traveling around and you know kind of like like you said you're just like a nomad and you were wandering um you know did that did you learn a lot from those experiences to where you're like oh like i don't want to be traveling around i want to be in one place or like how did that kind of inform yeah i mean it was i just kind of got like bored and mm-hmm. so i just kept moving around it was just like i'd be bored so i'd uh, move to a different state yeah bored <laughs> i moved back to california sure 
Ford, oh, I'll move to Mercedes and right. all that. I just, I think it was like, like after my dad, I had a lot of like depression and like mm-hmm. my anxiety like grew so much more too. So it was just like when I wasn't comfortable, I would just like move to mm-hmm. be comfortable for a second and then I'd move back when I wasn't again. Kind Interesting. Of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Try to just like. It was a way to distract yourself yeah. in a way. Yeah. 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 Cause you'd because be like, so I'd right. keep like moving new places. So it was like the stress of being in a new place and like having to do like all this stuff, you know, it was good at first. And then it just got like tiring. Yeah. <laughs> but I literally like moved to a place and yeah. And then by the time that you had just like got everything out of boxes, you're like, yeah, so I think I'm going to go back. <laughs> yeah. And then like, like when I moved back from Salt Lake, I literally just like, like I had a Mini Cooper at the time and whatever, like when it fit in my car. Yeah. I just, you took the swap me. <laughs> no, I just, I just left from the unit. I like threw away all my dirty dishes, just threw them in a bag, threw them in the trash. You're like, there you go. I left the couches inside, I left my bed, which was a mattress on the ground. So I was sure. in like a small studio apartment. Right, right, right. But I was bummed though, because my, I had like the, Ikea used to have this awesome CD case, uh-huh. like sliding doors. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was this really cool CD case. And, and this is when I had like I like, thousands, thousands I like how you're like, you're like, my yeah, one regret of that time. Was my CD case. <laughs> Is leaving this awesome piece of furniture. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had so many CDs. <laughs> and I had all the promos I'd get for Smart Punk. Sure. The endless amounts of money I'd spend at Bionic every sure. week on new CDs I didn't need. Yeah, and then, well, then you can obviously sell your old promos yeah, that you're not then, interested in. Yeah. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't need this it, anymore. It's a it's Take a, it's a very more. vicious cycle. Oh, I know. Um, and so then, um, <clears throat> yeah, you're the I guess the longest job that you probably had besides Smart Punk was like working at Trustkill yeah. and like the art director. Yeah, because um, I was at Smartpunk for, like, was it a year or two? I can't remember. It was, like, 03 and 04, about or how much of each year. Right, right. It might have just been, like, a year, year and a half. Sure. So I was there. Then uh, in Salt Lake, I just worked at Great Whale CD Exchange. Oh, okay. Worked there for, like, five or six months. Moved mm-hmm. back. Worked at Rev for five or six months. Got it. Moved. Kansas City. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. Just, like, hung out. Did design. That, sure. that, that was when I was, like, more trying to build my design side of things sure and then that's you're doing a lot of like yeah. when did yeah when did that come into play like as far as your interest uh, in, when i was at smartphone because i did well i mean like throughout my life i like drew was into like like i would like redraw comic book covers and like whatever oh, else, like, okay. as a kid. yeah and then when i was at smartphone actually that's when i was like they had me do like cool shirt designs for band stuff and then that's oh, when i like started your your the, the design and your interest in technology kind of started yeah. to really in in the design side of things, definitely grew right. Like I mean, as far as like nerd like technology, like I grew up like building computers, like like all my computers I built, and like because my childhood friend Mike, like mm-hmm. we were both just like nerds, like we built PCs. Yada, right. yada, that I mean, was exciting for you, which is yeah. funny because like as a kid it was like I knew anything about a PC and I'd do whatever. Yeah. But then once I went to the dark side with Max. It was like now I I don't know how to open internet on a PC whenever I'm on. It's like how do you? Open like internet? what are you? What is this thing? Yeah, this is a useless box. Exactly. But <laughs> so I see. So then it, yeah, you were you were during the times where you're moving around, you were cultivating. You were trying to cultivate your freelance yeah. stuff. Like what, I, what did you call it initially? Like what you were uh, Barton Fink designs. Oh okay. Because uh, the movie Barton Fink was one of my favorite movies, so I named it after that. Okay. And then I actually, when I was moving back from Salt Lake, I renamed it to No Sub Studios. Okay. And then when I was in Kansas City, I, me and my then roommate friend Blake, we were talking about like starting a label because like throughout high school and then throughout like all the job stuff, mm-hmm. there's probably like four or five labels that I was like, all right, I'm gonna do a label. But then like, like I had bands lined up and all this stuff, and like some of the bands went on to be like, yeah, very do very good. well, right? 
and then some like didn't obviously but sure so i mean i had like four or five labels that i wasn't gonna do but then like i didn't have money at all of course i was like working in a warehouse yeah yeah so it was like you're like i have to pay my rent before i put yeah. it on a record <laughs> so, I'm like, hey. so they never got off the ground then when i was in kansas city like my oh star labels that's when no sleep records actually came into play okay in kansas actually, city yeah because i actually designed like the logo there designed the first website ah got it started working on like a compilation which was gonna be the first release mm-hmm. and then like we just never got around to it sure and then uh when i was moving to jersey for the job i was stopping kansas city I was getting launched from my friend rick and he's like i know you want to do a band or do a label mm-hmm. uh i have a new band it's all recorded record bed rows three song ep sure we're gonna pay for manufacturing all that stuff do you want to put it Put your logo, logo on, on it. it and then have your first release on it. I was like, fuck yes. And You're like, that's easy enough. Yeah. So then that came out October 2006. And then- Got it. And so, uh, kind of not, not backtracking too far, but like why, um, cause you mentioned that you played guitar and you were taking guitar yeah. lessons. Um, well, did you, you know, did you never feel the bite to be like, I want to be in bands? I just, I mean, there was like, like me and Garrett, uh-huh. like started like a million bands, but never actually did anything. Oh, okay. But it was also, I wasn't very good at guitar. Like, the bands I started here, I was going to see them. Okay. And, like, I mean, you can ask Martin. I wasn't very good at guitar. Like, <laughs> we were in uh, uh, musicianship together in school. Oh, okay. And I'd be the person, like, playing Green Day, like, during musicianship classes. Got That's it. all I could play. Sure, sure. And I, I stopped, like, the guitar path of things because, like, my wrists are so bad. And they just, like, throb and hurt so bad all the time. Got it, got it. So I was like, all right, I can't touched yeah. a musical instrument because i tried guitar and then i tried bass mm-hmm. and i just like couldn't it all hurt. it all it hurt, hurt yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like all right i can't do this you're like out of, out of necessity i will not be playing in bands <laughs> yeah so it was like then i wasn't gonna like seeing like there's a bunch of bands that like started theoretically with people sure the the happened. idea has started but then yeah 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 okay got it happened. sure sure yeah. with that that happens all the time yeah. um one one of the bands we're just gonna so yeah, what what was like the first band that you theoretically started in your own head and like had a name and like had a what you wanted um, to do with it? I don't it? know the first, but one of them was with Gary. We were gonna start this band called Cause the Monster Said So. Cause it Cause, cause the Monster Said So. Oh, Cause the Monster yeah. Said So. Okay. Um, I don't remember where the name came from, but it was gonna be like a really like weird, like hateful, like grind, <laughs> okay, kind of metal, like whatever band. Sure. Like we were all gonna. Uh, I forget what. I mean, it was it was a gimmicky like whatever thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was gonna wear Hulk hands for some reason. <laughs> there was like was there was a gr- the idea was so grand to start off with, and like there was no actual. Like... Yeah, I mean, we well we we did one. Uh-huh. We did like a like uh we did an ambiance like thing. Oh sure. And then like we were gonna be like, oh, we'll get kids in this. We'll like say it's like members of such and such, and we just like <laughs> spelled the band names wrong kind of thing. So like <laughs> that's funny. And and for those of you listening, the Garrett that he's referencing is uh, the warehouse manager at No Sleep Records currently. Because I so, I sometimes forget that when we drop yeah. people's names, it's like, oh yes, we sh- we should include the listeners into yeah. this. Um, and then that, Martin is formerly yes a member of a band with Ray Harkins. Yes, name Makoto. He played guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, well, th- that band name isn't terrible because usually what a, a common theme amongst a lot of these shows is uh, like the people that play in bands they yeah. usually reveal their yeah, first I mean, like, band name and like that's. I mean, all of the band names. I mean, like all all the let you read the lyrics for one. Okay. I'll, I'll, I mean, I used to post on there. I'll never post again because it was some of the most like 
morbid, <laughs> fucked up things you'll ever read. read sure, in life. that's incredible. And then there was also another band I was going to start with some of the work that uh, Smart Punk with called uh, Welcome to Dying. Okay. I'm just going to be like a screamo, like, Stacia kind of band. Okay. Uh, all the lyrics were just depressing about suicide. And, sure, you know, sure. Just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and so then, uh, yeah, hit, hitting on Trustkill and obviously, like, your experience with that. You worked at Trustkill for how many, how long? How long two time? years. Two years, okay. Yeah, or, like, just under two years. Yeah, yeah. Moved there in 06, moved back. And I'm sure, I'm sure that was like an insane experience because it was like when you were working there, Trustkill was still doing really good yeah, business. Because like, I mean, at SmartPlan, I learned various things from SmartPlan Fearless and that revelation. I started to learn like yeah. more label things and also distribution things. Since at the time, like Rev was still a label, right? And Rev was still a label, but you know, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like signing bands, you know, of course. They were active time. in yeah, that. Yeah, they were active. Yeah. Like, and then learn distribution side, working warehouse, and sure. also like. So I, I got my mail order backing from SmartPunk, doing orders there, warehouse, distribution, uh, rev, slash mm-hmm. some label, and then Trustkill was definitely a lot of, like, the majority of what I've learned, I think. Sure. I mean, I learned, like, a lot throughout the world, but at Trustkill was, because when I started at Trustkill, Trustkill was at its, like, highest. Right. And there was, still like, wasn't that many people working there. Yeah. I mean, there was... Like, there was, like, what, six or seven? Yeah. yeah. There was, like, six or seven. Yeah. Which, I mean... For nowadays, that's a lot for a yeah, like an indie whatever label. Sure, sure. But I mean, because that was like 2006, things were like changing, but it not as much, you know. Like, right, right, right. Labels were still thriving a lot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but, and Chesco was still doing really well based on their old back yeah, catalog, like back and, catalog, yeah. and like all of their new releases from like it was like the last like album or two from bands, you know. Right, right. But I mean, like, because I got there, I think when Always Hardwood. Uh, Always a Hard Way came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I forget what else came out, like, around then. Sure, it was, sure. Like, Hope's Fall was still doing pretty yeah, well. Hope's yeah, Hope's Fall was doing good. Rodan was doing good. Right, right. Bleeding Through was doing good. Sure. Wells Jericho was doing good. Right. They had, like, Terror was doing good. A lot of stuff going stuff. on. So it was, right, like, right. it was definitely, like, the the highest Trusco was, I think. Mm-hmm. It was when Trusco was switching from Red to Fontana also, so it was, like, it was like a weird period when I first started because like nothing was coming out really just because it was like transition. Switching distribution yeah. companies, yeah. But uh, it was the highest and then obviously like then I saw the downfall of a lot of labels like while I was there and mm-hmm. like the downfall of like Trustkill. Sure. And Trustkill was around for a while after I left. But of course, then, right, right. But it, it had changed so drastically from what kids had known like in the early 2000s yeah. where it was like you mentioned Trust Kill and Ferret, and I was just like, oh, well, those are those are the labels. Yeah. Like, those are the exactly. labels. Especially, like, being in Orange County, because you're like, yeah, oh, all the local bands <laughs> are, like, on Trust Kill, basically. Yeah, exactly. And so then uh, you were doing, obviously, No Sleep in conjunction with yeah. all the work yeah, that like, you were doing. Like, no Sleep was, like, my hobby, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. You would, um, mo- you would moonlight. <laughs> yeah. And then I used the connections I made from, like, the other previous jobs and also at Trust Kill to, like, keep it going. Right make new connections as of the trust school and all that. Um, Got it. Um, and so, cause I, I'm not going to focus too much on no sleep because obviously people can find out millions of, you've done yeah. millions of interviews that speak about how no sleep has started and all that type of yeah. stuff. Um, but the, I mean, obviously no sleep is developed to, you know, I mean, it's your, it's your full-time job. You're able to collect a paycheck from it. And that, you know, that's, that's what people dream of. Yeah. 
Um, and that's pretty impressive. And it's, it's really changed drastically for you from that perspective in the past two, three years, you yeah. know, like, I mean, you could see that it, where it was yeah, going. There was, you know, various like moments where it was like, wow, this just like came even more real. And then like that kept happening. Like every year there was a moment where it was like, uh -huh. it just kept going at a certain point, like getting so much bigger at a point. Where right. Was, like, right. What was, what was the, what was the first kind of push that you felt where it was like, you know, it took you like, even when you were maybe working at Trustkill, um, the first push with the label where you're just like, Oh, like this could sustain itself as far as like, Oh, the releases can kind of pay for one another. And I'm not like paying out of my own pocket. I mean, it was more so like various people were like, kept telling me that there could be something here. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's I encouraging. I, I definitely never like up until like, I actually was like receiving a paycheck. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, you know, like even when I after I got left Trusco, I was living back out here mm -hmm. and like focusing on noticing more. I was like doing design for the company at one point, and then I right like got office for no sleep, and then that's when I really like. Yeah, I, rem I remember when that happened. Like, because yeah. I remember pe people, quote unquote, people were talking about. It was just like, oh, dude, like no sleep got an office, and like yeah. they're you know Chris is really trying to take this somewhere yeah. um and i just remember how uh you know people were really kind of like taken aback by that move but it was just i always thought it was really cool because it was like that was you just making the step where it's like okay i'm taking this yeah. as serious I as mean, i possibly it was, can it was, it was a complete stupid move at the time when i got up so it was like there was no money there was <laughs> i i owed like pressing plans everyone money but it was like, They're like get off wait a minute this is gonna yeah. become a lot more real mm -hmm. i'm gonna do this i'm just gonna it was definitely like even after the office and stuff, like a lot of like hard. Of I mean, course. it's still hard. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing's easy yeah. with independent. But music. Uh, it was, you know, there's a lot of like turning points. Like, I mean, when like yeah, so like as, what, like the earlier is like what was the the first kind of turning point that you felt where I was just like, oh, like all these encouraging words I mean, people luckily, are giving like, me because I, I I had just started the label. I had like one offer to for a. Um, distribution through a now defunct label slash mm -hmm. defunct distribution company partner. Uh, yeah. Where it was like, it was my first offer because I was going to work for him for one of his also now defunct companies. Uh -huh. But then it was like, oh, I'm not going to work for you. I'm just going to move to, I don't know where I moved to then. Yeah. But then stayed in touch. Then he was going to like, he wanted to just show me that I was like, I'm looking at other options. Then I hit up Vic since I like worked at I was like, Mm -hmm. I just started this label. It's literally nothing now, but I really want it to be something. Sure. I work like my ass off, yada, yada. Right. And I was like, would Rev want to distro it? Mm -hmm. And then she responded, yeah. Like, obviously, when we take on like more like labels with releases, I literally had like nothing out at that point. Right. You're like, I got two things out. Yeah. yeah. I think it was literally like I had maybe two things out. Like, <laughs> right. So she took a huge like me out massively because i was definitely sure. like awesome i have distribution and i have like nothing out vic has helped me out a lot yeah. rev is yeah i love everyone there it'll be perfect yeah, right yeah. right so right like, that that was one of the things that helped me out a lot because it was like i had a job so i couldn't do like trying to get stores to pick up stuff of like, course and it, yeah and it, plus it validates the label in a way where it's yeah. like you can go to bands and be like yeah we have distro through this and it's yeah. like oh we can take a, more of a risk on you or whatever. yeah like I mean, some of the points were, or like, cool things were, like, when I was living in Jersey, wearing Trust still, like, the, I don't think they're anymore, Wonka Vision magazine, mm -hmm. when, like, 
they wanted to include me in like a label features like it was yeah. like five features on one page or something but i was like oh this is but awesome still, yeah yeah this is an f- amazing piece of press yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like it was no sleep he who corrupts i forget who else uh-huh and it was just like it was cool because it was like yeah someone's like recognizing it you know so like that was the, probably like the first like sure those are the first things and then like when i was like recognition like in the industry side of things like when like well like a stupid thing like when like the upsides was in billboard like in the heat secret charts like that was cool it was like oh it's yeah but i mean that's not that's not stupid because that's that's like you it wasn't you know your lifelong goal to be like god i can't wait to make it into billboard but because that happens it was was just a really cool thing it's like yeah it's great i I, I never thought i'd see like no sleep listen billboard i mean obviously like if this was like even 10 years ago right the numbers for the things that we're doing like wouldn't be in billboard you know sure sure but but still yeah yeah yeah. it was that and then like like when i got office that was a cool like moment and Mm -hmm. we got even better distribution and bands started doing really well and right right then when we actually like, got in the top two hundred, and then when you and then when you bought when you bought the mansion that we're sitting in currently, yeah. like I mean, yeah, that was, I, yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was it was it was great living in my office for a year or two to save money, <laughs> and just buying, paying for food. Right, you're like, this is I literally the only thing I can afford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was cool when I was able to actually like move out of the office yeah. and live have. Have Somewhere a nor- have a normal life outside of that. And then that. again, like get my own place where I can like. Yeah, you can have a, a an appropriate work life balance separation. Where yeah. it's like, it was living at the office. I mean, it saved money and it was cool, but then it was also like that shit gets old pretty quick. It got it got really old. It's just like <laughs> I woke up, I was at work. I mean, obviously, I wasn't supposed to be living there, <laughs> right? And there was like a horrible bar next door. Yes, and the worst like clientele ever, and they'd be like. The walls are so thin at the office, and music would be horrible and so loud. You'd hear Sublime at like <laughs> two a.m. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to fucking sleep. Yeah. And then there'd be people smoking weed outside the door, kissing in the like, yeah, plants in the front. Sure. It's definitely sometime I woke up to some guy was leaning against the glass, and some girl was giving him head. There's just like, and like I couldn't say anything because I'm not supposed to be sleeping or like living in office. <laughs> so That's like, amazing. You're like, day, like, all right, I'll all right, take this. I'm definitely not supposed to be here, so I can't like stop any of these people from doing it. <laughs> I can't like say anything. You can't scare them. And then like the bar will find out, and then they'll be like, oh, I think someone's living there, and they'll tell on me. Right, right, and right. <clears throat> like I got to keep it extremely low profile. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, kind of in conclusion with everything, um, you know the. Well, it's two parts of this. Like one, you know, you like watching, being involved in independent music for, you know, a long period of time, like for myself and like watching people kind of, you know, like gr- essentially grow up where yeah. it's just like, you know, people, like you mentioned Martin earlier, where it's just like, I mean, I met him when he was like 14 years old, yeah. and, like watching people kind of develop and like grow into, you know, an adult in some way, shape or form, um, whether or not that they still have all of their, you know, 15 year old passions <laughs> intact, yeah. like we both do. Um, and it was just always interesting to see kind of, you know, like your journey and like how you grew up with, you know, a lot of obviously, like you said, baggage coming into it, where it was like all, all this personal tragedy had affected yeah. me. But Which helped then, me to dive into it because I was like trying to right walk out real life. So I was just mm-hmm. wanted to work, wanted to do what I like because it's like, if I was new to this, I'd have no clue what I was doing, especially yeah. the moments I was like, all right, I'm going to get my neck tattooed. I'm going to get my hands tattooed. 
Let me get my job stopper tattoos. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, now I really got to make this work. Right, right, right. I don't want to work at wherever. Yeah, some insurance company or whatever the case may be. And hide everything. Right. It's so hot. <laughs> we're, we're turtlenecks. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, watching you develop and, like, watching you, like, you know, grow into the person that you are now, and obviously you're still growing, but, um, you know, like, the, like, do you feel that that is directly related to the fact that, you know, you've experienced all that you've experienced, like, with the label? Like, you know, did the label kind of force you to grow up in a way? Like, yeah, I mean, it definitely did. Like, I mean, I... I mean, I'm still, like, socially awkward and have anxiety of fucking, like, wazoo and, sure. like, all these things. Yes, I said wazoo. <laughs> it's okay. But, and you also say yada yada. It's incredible. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it definitely helped me to grow on many levels because before I, like, started working for all these places and before I, like, started doing no sleep and starting to, like, have to talk to a lot more people, I was definitely, like, <laughs> I was a lot more closed off and a yeah. lot more, like, awkward and had a lot worse anxiety like uh-huh. i mean now i'm like i'm good in my own world yeah, yeah. it helped me grow to like to deal with life things right like, step outside your comfort zone in a way yeah yeah, yeah. everyone says i'm still in my bubble but i don't like orange county but that's okay <laughs> i feel safe in orange county yeah the, well the, i think there's a huge difference between staying in like a geographical area oh, yeah. and then <laughs> breaking out of it mm-hmm. from a mental standpoint yeah. so. i mean it definitely helped me like grew up a little like i'm still like awkward and weird as can be and like have horrible anxiety about like everything like i don't like going to new places not myself or anything like that like i won't do it yeah but i'm definitely a lot better off and a lot easier to talk to people yeah it's easier, and i've been able to handle life situations a lot i think from it too you know? sure 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 i mean i know even since i've known you i've like you know mm-hmm. it's i think definitely surrounding yourself in something and being a part of something you like and putting all of into it helps you like grow up as a person too and like you know yeah mature on many levels yeah professionally personally etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah for sure well um i hope you enjoyed this in some way shape or form good good you were good you revealed stuff i appreciate that welcome <laughs> The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com 
the hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. 